it's on and working. Would anybody, would anybody like to guess? I'm going to ask the kids, just the kids. What's today's lesson going to be about? Okay, that's a good answer. Jesus raising from, oh, you mean not the Easter bunny? Oh, okay. All right, well. That's right. It's, it's not necessarily about Easter Sunday or what we would think of as Easter egg hunting or the Easter bunny. Uh, glad they got it on straight. Luke 24 is actually one of my favorite, favorite stories. And we'll get into this some more. You heard some of the people read about it. I think that it's amazing when you think about these two people. One of them was named in the Bible, Clopas or Clopas. And we don't know the name of the other person. And uh, that other person could be another man. It could be Clopas' wife, if you look in John 19. Maybe there's a loose connection to that. But regardless of who the two are, they're obviously at a point where they're deep in conversation on their way to Emmaus. And Emmaus is about seven miles northwest of Jerusalem. A lot has gone on. And they had been, they were not apostles, but they had been around Jesus for quite some time. So they were familiar with Jesus's teachings. They had seen Jesus do miracles. They had listened to him and were follow, actively following him. And so because of all that, here they were talking and they were confused. And you get to verse 16 and there's this question, a real burning question that they had. Why? That, that we have. And that is, why did they not recognize Jesus? Ken said, I'm not sure. I have the answer. I've got it right here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I do want to do, I want to propose to you two thoughts. I want you to think about this because they're both very common to human nature. One is the Exodus story and God hardening Pharaoh's heart. Most of us have watched Charlton Heston. We've seen the movie. You don't have to read the Bible to necessarily, I got it. I know what happens in the Red Sea, the chariots and Pharaoh and, and uh, the Israelites are saved. But there was a process by which Pharaoh was... going to use this one. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Bryce. Appreciate it. So the, the second one that we're going to talk about is called the art of misdirection. And you sort of already know what that's all about. Nine years ago, there was a, a man named Apollo Robbins. He did a TED talk. TED is short for United. United Airlines would sponsor these talks and it's on YouTube. And he is known as a a master and expert pocket picker. And so, of course, once he announced that to the audience, just like you guys, they were pretty much like, okay, <laughs> you know, they're going to hold on to. And, and, and he, he then said, okay, I want everyone to close your eyes. So do me a favor. I'm not going to pick your pockets. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I want you to try to remember what I'm wearing. Okay, open your eyes. How close were you? That's the question he asked them, okay? Then he proceeded to go down into the audience, and I'm not going to do that, but as you can imagine, they got more and more nervous. He went down, and he started shaking hands and interacting with the crowd, and he was, he was you know, 
saying hello and, you know, you know, you know, firm wrists and whatnot. And people are like looking. And and finally, he picks a guy and he brings him back on stage and he pulls out a poker chip and he tells the guy, OK, I want you to hold the poker chip. It's in between your hands. Yes. Yes. OK, great. All right. Open your hands. It's not there. And, and he says, a look on your shoulder and it's on his shoulder. So for the next five minutes, he proceeds to use sleight of hand to fool the guy. And the guy was just like blown away. And at one point, he managed to get the watch off of the guy's wrist and show it to the audience behind the back. The audience cracks up laughing. He has no idea that his watch has been taken because he's looking for the poker chip. When it was all said and done, when all that was said and done, and the audience just, you know, wow, that's really amazing how our minds can be distracted and easily influenced to look one way when we really should be looking the other way. He then said, okay, and he stood in front of the audience. The man had sat down and he said, all right, everybody, I want to ask you the question I asked you at the beginning. What am I wearing? And everybody looked at him and gasped very loudly because he had actually changed his outfit and nobody recognized it. <laughs> Through all of that, he, was in a, he, he had changed things to the point where it was very clear he had changed his outfit. So you see, that was a great lesson for me to recognize that we're very, very influenced by two things. One, our hearts. We can harden our hearts and completely miss the message of God. Two, we can become distracted and very easily miss and look at the wrong thing and miss our Savior. Now, the two that were walking on the road, they had their own paradigm of what Jesus would be. They, they uh, lacked a recognition of who he really was because of what I'm going to call spiritual blindness, okay? So let's talk about spiritual blindness. Now, on the, on the flip side, you all are here today. Have, how many here have seen Jesus face to face? I'm not seeing too many hands go up. Well, kudos to you because you have not seen Jesus and yet your faith allows you to believe in him. These two were on the road and the flip side had happened. They were face to face with Jesus. My goodness. And yet they did not even recognize him. There were, there were a number of reasons why perhaps they didn't recognize God's whole story. They weren't connecting the dots. And they could have talked, they, they could have talked for days, days about what had happened and how they felt. And maybe they were just too lazy to really look and search the Old Testament to see what God was really up to. How many of us are, you know, kind of in that boat where, you know, the word of God is there, but we're really not studying. And so there's just sort of an apathy about really understanding the true story of what God intends to do and what God's will is. Maybe they were too lazy. Maybe there was fear. You know, the crucifixion, think about it. That was a pretty startling event, wasn't it? And, and those of us that, you know, are either have watched uh, movies in the past, uh, Passion of the Christ, that is incredibly startling. It's like, okay, one and done. I've seen it. I'm done. You know, and, and that's fine because it's very startling. And so there was fear. And I want you to think about this in light of the miracles that these two people have seen. They, have, they, they saw lots of miracles, either firsthand or they heard it firsthand. And they understood, they, 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 Jesus to them was, was their hope. But now it's being replaced by fear. Fear can cause you to be misdirected and spiritually blind. And so can discouragement. You know, imagine the letdown. They were expecting something. And imagine the letdown that took over at that point. 
in their hearts, I believe it was sort of like, Roman oppression be gone. You know, they wanted a king that was just going to march in there, take away the, you know, take away the opposition and give the Israelites some freedom they deserve, doggone it. And, and Jesus instead died on a cross. And so, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. That's not, that's not what I expected. I'm so discouraged. And, and yet, and that led them to be scattered. They were, uh, they were left isolated amongst themselves. And perhaps even more personal to us is they lacked any unity or camaraderie. They were discouraged. All of these things can lead us to become spiritually blind to what God is really up to. You know, and thank goodness Jesus started the first modern day Bible talk. You know, his traveling ministry, here he comes. He walks up. Hey, what are you guys, you know, what are you talking about? Uh, what's going No, I haven't. Tell me all about it. I haven't heard. You know, that's pretty funny. And 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 I love Jesus opening his opening comment to his Bible study group of two it says here. You how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. That's a great way to start a Bible study. huh? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, but they were I think they were ready. And, uh, you know, it says here, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, here we go, we're going to connect the dots. He began to explain to them all that was said and all the scriptures concerning himself. So basically, brothers and sisters, what they needed was a fresh understanding of the word of God. He moves on. He says, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued, I love this. Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I could just see him inside going, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> so, you know, he continues. And what happened? Well, they urged him. They urged him strongly. Stay with us. For it is nearly evening and the, and, and the day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. Jesus isn't going to force you and me to, 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 he's not going to force you and me on him, himself on you and me. That's what I really mean to say. He's not going to do that. He's not going to force himself. Instead, and he's not going to wrestle you to the ground to fix you. You know, doggone it, you're not, you're not changing. You don't get the dots. You know, hold still. Now cry uncle. <laughs> no, that's, that's not Jesus. He's going to, he's going to walk along and he's going to let you initiate. That's so cool. Honestly, it really is. I, I don't like being micromanaged. And if you are at your job, I'll pray for you right now. <laughs> I just don't like it. But Jesus was was very much waiting to see where their hearts were going to lead. And it's kind of like this. I'm here sharing with you an inspiring message. And you're hearing a little bit of the word of God. And hopefully if I'm doing a good job, you feel a little bit inspired. But I'm kind of like the guy at the mall, and I'm handing out little samples. I'm waiting. I'm not forcing. Well, I mean, uh, some of the guys do. I'm not going to force it on you, but I'm here. You know, would you like a sample? Would you like a sample? And you come up and you taste it. Oh, that's pretty good. And you walk off. Well, that's that's not going to be a meal, and that's not going to last you an entire week. That's it, It's not. You must. We, I must initiate. And that's so beautiful how God leaves it up to us to initiate in order to get to a point where 
we invite him, we invite Jesus to break bread with us. And the last point I want to share is this. And Ken alluded to this. Only at the moment when they sat down with Jesus to break bread did they really recognize him. And let, let me read this for you. In verse 30 of the, chapter 24, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and began to give it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? It's nice to know Jesus is using the scriptures. <laughs> you see, the whole, ch the whole book of Luke, if you took an inventory of, of Luke, you would find a theme that they had lots of meals together. And just to clarify, some, uh, most scholars ascribe to the fact that this, this was not communion they were taking. And that most of the times it wasn't necessarily communion. That it was a meal together. It was, it was time to slow down. It was time to connect with each other. And so it's beautiful here because Jesus made it intentional. He was, very, in fact, and I love it because Jesus was so intentional about sitting down and doing something he had done in front of these disciples many times. And then they were like, oh my goodness, that's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. The one who has meals with us. The one who sits down and gets to know us. The one who I get to know. The one who wants to spend time. Not, not, this one, not the one who's handing out samples. Not the one who's trying to force you to, you know, come on, you got to try this ride. It's really good. <laughs> Jesus is the one that wants to sit with you at the table. And Jesus' message was salvation for all nations. The first will be last. And perhaps the most important is that for us as a body, for us as people, relationships can be built. And I want to leave you with that thought, that very simple thought. Jesus created, or in my opinion, was the pioneer of the church being the, the masters of hospitality. I hope you enjoy your family today and your friends and Easter egg hunt. I found an Easter egg on my desk on Friday. I was so excited. And then I told my coworker, I got a $100 bill. And he was like, what? It was not a $100 bill. So I, I hope you have fun today and, and enjoy time as, with family, with friends. But more importantly, I want you, A, to recognize Jesus because it's easy to be misdirected. It's easy to get a hard heart. And, and, and I mean easy as in you're not a bad person because you because it's easy. We're all bad because we find it so easy to get misdirected and have a hard heart. And I mean the word bad in the sense of we're very much like sheep, very vulnerable to getting misdirected. And two, number two, slow down. Sit at the table with Jesus. Really get to know him, and let's get to know each other here in the Wichita Church of Christ. Thanks very much.